Hello and welcome back to Bob's Tavern. This is episode 5, recorded on January 2nd, 2020, also known as 2020, I guess. Happy New Year. I am your bartender, Jay. And I'm your bartender, Don. Don, how are you doing two days into the next decade? Oh my gosh. It's, it's weird, but new year, new stuff to look forward to, hopefully, and I'm excited. It sounds like your uh, the dog cam is excited, too. Yes, of course. You know, never fails. Like, right after you start recording, that's when they decide to play in Rough House. Uh, I think that's quite all right. It's, it's good to hear uh, the third uh, host of the show, all of your animals and my animals combined, um, but our other bartender, Bob, is still on his holiday vacation, so he will not be joining us. However, next week, we have another interview show. Yes, we do, and I am super excited for it. I am too. I it, This is someone that uh, we're not going to give it out, because apparently when we do that, people cancel at the last minute, then we got to find a refill, but I'm really hoping that... Uh, our guest, uh, our expected guest is going to show up uh, for this one. Uh, someone that I don't really know much about, but is making a lot of waves in the Hearthstone scene. So I am really excited to pick their brain and uh, learn more about what they have coming up in 2020 for not just Hearthstone, but uh, for competitive, the competitive esports scene as a, as a whole. Are we not saying who it is? We're not allowed to say who it is until oh, okay. the, the day of. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> until, we, until we get a confirmation the day of. I'm not, I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> I don't blame you. No problem. But let's jump into this by pouring a drink and catching up. All right, so it has been the holiday week, a uh, couple weeks actually, uh, which means that news in Blizzard is very, very empty. It's very, very quiet uh, in Anaheim right now. And that leaves us with a lot of speculation of what is to come. But I did want to take this time to kind of talk a little bit more about the changes that happened. Uh, when we last recorded, because as usual, we record on the same day that they apply changes. So we went back and forth on this. Uh, the first time I put my top five ranking as mechs. Oh, I'm trying to remember this now. Murlocs, mechs, demons, beasts, and your ranking as Murlocs, mechs, beasts, demons. Um, and then we both kind of said menagerie is just like no longer a thing. Do do we do you still feel that way? 
I want to preface this by saying we did say that on the day that the changes happened. So, you know, you know that that's a thing. Okay, we just, whatever. Yes, it's completely different from how it was. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's Murlocs have definitely kind of gotten worse. I think, which is kind of crazy because they really shot up in power and then they decreased very suddenly. Yeah, it, it is insane how they went from bad to, okay, this should fix it to, oh my God, what is happening? Um, that said, I do think with the the original game plan was if you can't go Murlocs, go Menagerie. And now that Menagerie isn't a thing, I think there's more room to say, okay, how do I set up a board that is able to either A, beat Murlocs before they get crazy, or, well, I guess A, beat Murlocs before they get crazy, or B, um, be able to withstand the onslaught before it uh, consumes you, I guess. Yeah, but it, it did kind of change. So what would you say is the strongest now after these changes and after the meta has kind of settled down a little bit? I'm going to say something that I, I think a lot of people are going to hate me for, but I have evidence to back it up in our tells from the tavern from today. I think they're balanced. I think they're pretty on even keel right now. I I think that my idea of a balanced meta is one that, especially in something like this, where you don't necessarily get to control all, like you don't get to go into the game premeditated about your strategy. It's kind of adapting and uh, making choices on the fly. I think before this patch, you kind of had a game plan of what you needed to do. You knew what heroes you were going to pick. You knew what here, you knew, you knew what type of strategy you were going to implement. And you kind of had one backup just in case. Now I feel like the games that I've played, I've been able to go with any type of strategy that the game offers me and feel like if I play it correctly, I have a chance. Now the key word in that being, if I play it correctly, because I think that's, that's where a lot of people are getting frustrated where it's like, oh, Murlocs are still broken. Well, I honestly haven't had to play Murlocs. And as we'll talk about earlier, I have two first place today back to back. One with the Menagerie build with the Curator. And I was just like, I don't even know how I was able to pull that off, but I guess I did. And then just before we started recording, I pulled off a of first place, literally only taking damage twice with 30 health remaining as... Daryl playing beasts, which again, not necessarily the, the game plan you want to go with, but it was the game plan that uh, was provided to me and I was still able to pull a first place win off of it. And and I, again, I'm only at, you know, the mid 4500s in my ranking, but that's still, that still shows that they accomplished what they wanted to do. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think it's gotten a lot more balanced. Um, I don't know. I still, I feel like demons can be really strong. And some of the other ones kind of struggle a little bit in the early to mid game. Whereas demons kind of can get off to a really strong start. But yeah, I, I do feel like it's balanced. And, you know, we kind of talked about it in one of the last episodes that, you know, the... 
Tier 5, I think, really has a lot of the key cards. Uh, tier 6 does as well, but it's not as much. But kind of once you get to that that Tier 5, you can find a lot of key things to help your build. Um, and, you know, you kind of mentioned the Menagerie. One thing that I've really been liking since some of their changes is the... To me, like, the Menagerie stuff is kind of just a go-with-the-flow type thing, like you were saying. Whereas before, it was like... That's what you aimed for. You picked cards. You're like, okay, now I have this and I'm going to keep it for the rest of the game. Whereas now it's more of a, okay, I'm going to take these things and maybe I use a menagerie build or get the buffs for just, you know, two two or three turns and then sell it off and, and do the next thing, which I think is is good. And I think that's good for the game in general. Yeah, and I, I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was Bodicus. Um but shout out to Bodicus for making top 200 on NA and then on top of that, now trying to hit top 200 in the Asia servers. Uh, but uh, I think it was uh, it was him that I was talking to when I mentioned that you don't necessarily have to have a plan, but as long as there are heroes that force you into a specific path, you're going to have problems like Murlocs and demons being overpowered. As long as there's Lich Bazal, as long as there's uh, Jaraxxus, as long as there's... Uh, I'm trying to remember the other one, because Lich Bazal and Jaraxxus are the two that I mainly go with. Uh, then you're going to want to go demons with them, just because they are they synergize with demons so well. Um, as long as you have Daryl, you're going to want to play some type of token build, which will lead you more towards Murlocs because the more tokens you can get rid of or the more tokens you can golden, the more cards you can cheat out and the more buffs you get. I think that there's nothing wrong with having cards like that in the game, but I think that their hero powers will definitely need to be looked at and maintained. I, I, I would even say Lich Bazal's hero power might need to go back to where it was before. Jaraxxus, I think his hero power should be a bit more expensive, maybe in another piece of another gold. But then Daryl, I don't know what to do with that. Maybe just make it when you sell a minion, give a minion one one. But isn't isn't there already a hero that does that? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's there's there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered, but I, I definitely think good job, uh, team five for the balance patch. Uh, was there anything else before we jump into the next segment? I don't think so. Well, with that, let's jump into uh, a little bit of podcast news. So we're back to our, regals, our regular schedule uh, with the stream. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the so uh, social stuff. Uh, don't worry, we'll get there. Uh, if you aren't following us yet on Twitter, please go do so. Uh, it'll also help. You know, people find the show if you talk about us. So that's at Bob's Tavern HS. And we don't have any new ratings, reviews, or patrons. But, you know, it's, it's the holidays. So I've been uh, hoping that everyone playing the game has had a good holiday break. Um, but I found something out today that completely blew my mind. Uh, thanks to the Hearthstone Reddit. Uh there is a real Bob's Tavern in America, and it is in our second largest listening market in Texas. So anyone near Austin, Texas, 
if you can go find Bob's Blue Collar Tavern and just try something and and get a feel. I I hope like there's no way this place is as cool as I'm thinking it could ever be. I mean, especially if Bob's never there, but it has to it has to be a place that we'll have to check out in the future at some point in time. Oh, for sure. That would be really cool. And since, you know, like I said, our second largest group of listeners come from the Texas area, according to our analytics, I don't know what all that means. I'm just going off of what it says. We're not spying on you. What, what's, what spy glass? I don't know. But, uh, if, if you're in Texas and you've been there or you know somebody that might can go there, like, just let us know. We'd love to hear it. You can email us at, email us at podcast dot or what podcast at Bob's Tavern dot pub. There we go. Man, I'm tongue tied today. It's probably because I know we're, we're trying something new today with the, the direct to disc that everyone has suggested I look at. And that's making me very, very nervous about everything that I say which is just making me tongue-tied. But I think now we need to talk about some other Hearthstone news, one that involves you directly, Dragon. There is a return of Hearthstone coming back to DreamHack. Do you want to let us in on the uh, on the good news? Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this. Yes. So... DreamHack Anaheim, uh, it's going to be February 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, and basically in combination with DreamHack and House Rivalries run by Bemi, uh, Bemi Esports on Twitter, uh, they have brought Hearthstone back to DreamHack. So if it goes well, they're hoping to be able to do more at some future dream hacks. Um, but it looks like it might be starting at a $2,500 prize pool. And I think there's going to be potential for that to even get bigger from there. But yeah, so yay, another dream hack Hearthstone tournament. So I will be there competing. So sadly, it won't be a Battlegrounds tournament which means I will not be competing, but I am definitely glad to see that Hearthstone, the Hearthstone community is um, picking up where Activision Blizzard left off. And and that's no, no shade thrown to them. Obviously, you know, when you have a large company like that, that already has like a dedicated budget to esports, you can only do so much and you can only coordinate Um, with what you have planned and a lot of these decisions are made months if not years in advance so it's good to see that even though blizzard is stepping more and more away from third-party tournaments and endorsing or participating in them that the community is not letting uh the same thing that happened with um, heroes of the storm or some of the other smaller communities where they honestly just die off in the third party tournament scene. And I stand by the statement that I love to make. If classic Tetris can put out a tournament every single year, then we can do something to keep Hearthstone in the tournament scene. And that's no shade to Tetris either because I am a Tetris fanatic and I love watching 
the classic Tetris World Championships, which like the winner was like sixteen. So it's ridiculous. Like sixteen year olds playing on NES classics just blows my mind. There's hope for our future. But aside from Dreamhack Anaheim, we also have uh, the Hearthstone. I what is it? What is it now? I'm I'm so confused as to what this is. Is the Hearthstone Masters open? Like the one that Monkey Bubble or yes is doing? Yeah. So okay. this is another thing that's also being run in part um, from Bemi, and yes, it's also run again with Bemi, but also the Monkey Bubble. And they do actually several different games. So they have Hearthstone, Overwatch, and a couple different things. Um, so I definitely recommend anybody who's interested in this kind of stuff, check out their Twitter. Uh, but yeah, so this is a Hearthstone. It's a Masters three-tier system, basically. So there is a Masters division, uh, like an Apprentice, and then an Open division. Yes, it's exciting. So I'm I'm again no battlegrounds news on the esports front, but I am excited to to see that this one is not just directed at people playing at the top level, and this is something that you know the Aspirant series has been doing that's really awesome. Like there are so many great players out there that don't have the time or the finances to focus on Hearthstone 100% of the time, and I think that there still needs to be a way to bring them to the limelight and, and let people know that like, Hey, these are awesome players. Like there's, I, I, I think of like one of my favorite bowlers, you know, was a, an automotive mechanic and literally had to take his last vacation time to play at the tournament that he won to become a major league bowler. So it's like, if you don't have these opportunities for, people who are really good but don't have the the backing financially to participate then you miss out on seeing some truly spectacular players play the game at the highest level yeah definitely and you know another thing too with this is people like me and people in the community when when blizzard first announced the uh, the Grandmasters. I mean, I said it immediately. Other people have been saying it since then. Is, you know, there needs to be more than just making money. And that's how you get into Grandmasters. Because there's so few spots open. And it's not really open to everybody. You know, kind of like you said. I mean, not everybody has the opportunity. And not everybody actually qualifies to go to, like, the Arlington tournament. And things like that where... They make money to then get to grandmasters. So it's, it's not even really like everybody has that equal chance. So, you know, a, a three tier system like this has definitely been something that's been on my mind and a lot of other people's. So it's really cool to actually see this being brought into the community, even though it's not, you know, an officially run thing by blizzard itself, but it's still a really cool thing to have. And I think it's going to be a good stepping stone for the community. Definitely. And in fact, there's a lot that I have looking forward to in 2020 for 
um, Activision Blizzard, but Hearthstone specifically. So I think that's going to end the esports section and jump us into uh, a little bit of uh, talking about the game. So, Dragon, I have to ask, what do you think Battlegrounds is at right now in 2020? Um, meaning what? Meaning how, like, Blister Guy said this in his, in his podcast, um, shout out to Blister Guy, uh, that I think he recorded yesterday or the day before, I'm not sure, Australian time is weird like that. Um, shout out to blister guy, but he mentioned that one of the fears when battlegrounds was announced was that it would overshadow the descent of dragons release and kind of take over. Now, one of the things that I noticed today while just doing research for this show was that there's still a lot of people that are publicly talking about battlegrounds. Like, I think we talked about it a little bit with our interview with Bytes of, you know, the fact that the game is so split amongst standard, wild, um, arena, and battlegrounds now. It gives the Hearthstone player so many options to choose from. I was a little concerned that that would mean that battlegrounds would kind of go off into the distance, but... It doesn't seem like that's the case. Like, would would you agree with that, or, or do you think there is, you know, something to be worried about? No, I I do think it's actually stayed pretty steady. I mean, of course, it did drop down after, and I don't even want to say after Descent of Dragons. I think after the Shaman nerfs, a lot more people went back to playing Standard and Constructed. But I even looking through streams, it's still uh, pretty balanced even i would say between people who are streaming standard and wild and battlegrounds um honestly if if anything i think that battlegrounds is overshadowing uh, arena because it's you know it's in the same mode but not as many people even played arena and i think it just has more fluidity and it's just easier for more people to to play than trying to actually draft because you know, drafting is actually one of the harder things for a lot of people, so they can really struggle with that. Whereas in Battlegrounds, you just jump in and play, and it kind of changes every time. So, yeah. As someone who's done MTG, MTG drafts, like in real life, it is hard there, but taking the complexity of, of a game like Magic the Gathering and limiting it to just a single collection of packs makes it so much easier than playing a game like Hearthstone and going into the arena and drafting from what, what is it? Four different card pools at one time. It's either three or four now for arena for arena. Uh, I think it's six. Oh, so even more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but with that, you have all of these different card pools. Some of them come from uh, the game before I played it. And then on top of that, there is this meta that exists within Arena that doesn't exist anywhere else in Hearthstone. And again, it's it's this idea that Battlegrounds recent 
patch, you know, recent uh, fixes have, have kind of helped with of that you have to go into arena with a plan. You kind of have to know, okay, what are my outs here? Like, what am I trying to do on top of everything? And then if I don't get that, what is next? Uh, the people that I watch or, or listen to even that do play arena, shout out to, to Steven Sensei, who's in our Discord and also the host of the Arena Sensei podcast. Uh, there's so much content and things that I've learned from him that now when I go into arena, which is very rare, but when I do go into arena, it's like, okay, I, I have all this knowledge and I need, it's almost like taking a test. It's like, how well can I make this deck happen? And if I fail, there are gold consequences to it. Like I'm spending gold hoping that I'll make more gold. And in most cases, I fail in that quest uh, to do so. So I, I do agree that Arena is being overshadowed. But I think that if they try to balance everything, it's it's similar to what we've always been what we've been saying with everything. If if you balance everything, you balance nothing. Like if if everything is buffed, then nothing is buffed. Um, so. I think that there has to be something's got to give. And I, I don't know what that's going to be. I think there's going to be some kind of shakeup this year. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what the next year of is. But I, I wonder what is that going to mean for the game modes? And, and in their quest to, I guess, focus down things to to make the game stable how do they do that because right now if we're being honest with ourselves the game is the gameplay is fun the client itself is a mess it's a hot mess like yesterday the game was like crashed half the day like if you're on mobile you couldn't play i had i was running into the sap glitch which was like every time you played sap your client would crash and it I'm I'm not to the point where I it's tiring, but I'm really close to where now when the game crashes, I just don't want to reopen it. I've got other stuff that I can do. And I, I think that they have to address some of the core basics, like make our software good. And by doing that, I think some stuff's gonna get neglected. And I'm still concerned that maybe Battlegrounds will be one of those things. But from what I can tell, people are playing the game, so I hope not. I, I hate to say it, but I kind of hope they take less focus on Arena and take that energy and time and devote it to fixing their client and maybe Battlegrounds or an eSports, you know, that lasts longer than one year. But those are other problems. Yeah, it does feel a little over the place. And it, it's kind of weird thinking back on it because... In a way, like, I don't think they expected Battlegrounds to have the kind of response that it did. I mean, I think it surpassed all of their expectations. And so they started dumping a lot more, you know, focus into it. Uh, but, you know, beforehand, it was kind of like almost as if they didn't have enough modes to play. And then they added Battlegrounds. And now all of a sudden it's almost tipped in the other direction. Like now there's too much. 
And I don't know if that's because they're trying to, you know, balance it so frequently or, you know, I I don't know. I kind of have a feeling that they're going to start scaling back how often they change Battlegrounds, but I still think they're going to give it attention. You know, kind of like the, yeah, I mean, they, how often do they do the uh, arena changes where they change out, you know, after every set, basically? So every few months? I, I think it's twice a set. Okay. Or they do it. They do it at the set change, and then they do it halfway through whenever they do their little mid-set shakeup. Okay, so every like two-ish months, then. Yeah, around around six a year, basically. Which, I mean, I don't know. I I think that with the game being in beta, like you kind of have to make constant changes. Uh, betas that don't change get neglected, but at the same time, I think that. The way you fix that is you say, okay, we're no longer in beta. Like this is, we've, we've gotten the results that we're looking for. Like at this point, I don't know what they're looking for. Are they, are they just looking for time? Like, oh, we need more time to get the analytics and little stats and stuff up. I mean, that's not a feature that you can't ship without. Um, I mean, are they looking for heroes? I think what they're currently doing with heroes is perfectly fine. Just take some out, put some in, make it rotate. I mean, that that's fine. But I think with them saying we have to be constantly changing this game mode, otherwise people are going to stop playing it. I don't think that's true. I mean, there are people that play Battlegrounds that hate Hearthstone. Like that's that makes me laugh that there are people that are like, I love Battlegrounds so much, but I can't stand playing on ladder and I can't stand playing standard or wild. And it's like, well, okay, that just solidifies my support for, hey, make Battlegrounds its own thing, which, again, I think they could have done and it it wouldn't have been a bad thing. But this is the route that they went. So huzzah, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that maybe part of it too, you know, it's still in beta, like you said, but maybe they are just trying to get a feel for as things change. You know, like I said, initially when it first came out, I think it surpassed all expectations that they had and everybody was playing it. But that was also a factor of what was going on with the standard meta and honestly, even some in wild you know, they, they needed to make some nerfs for both wild and standard. And then kind of after that happened, then people started to migrate away from battlegrounds a little bit. So I think now they're kind of looking at it like, okay, well maybe now we need to start getting some stats about how many people are playing, you know, after these changes and how spread out it is. So maybe they're trying to get a feel for where or how often they need to spend their resources with battlegrounds. That, that makes me wonder, what is your take on the Descent of Dragons meta so far? Because I'm not liking it. I, I don't enjoy it. I think that there are, like, I don't know what it is. Everyone complained about Ginn Baku, and that's when I, like, came into the game. <laughs> so, like, for me, that was what I started with, was like, oh, you have Odd Rogue, and you have, like, all of these other, other, like, I guess decks that were well thought out, but I felt like I had more of a chance. Like now everybody is, everybody is hard countering something. It's like, Oh, we've got a, we've got a hard counter face hunter. Okay. Now we've got a hard counter rogues. Now we've got a hard counter shaman. Oh, let's nerf shaman. Oh, shaman's still 
pretty hard to deal with. Um, and, and okay, now Shaman's not a problem, but now it's a warrior. Like, I'm so tired of there always being like one or two decks that I feel like if you don't play these decks, you're already coming to the ladder at a disadvantage. Or if you're not hard countering these decks, you're coming to the ladder at a major disadvantage. Like, again, that is what I like about Battlegrounds. I don't get to decide what I get play. Like, I have some choices, but ultimately I have to play the cards that are dealt to me. And I don't get to pick the deck. The deck picks me. <laughs> so it's, it's you know, it's definitely a different gameplay, but it was one of the things that made me, you know, for a while switch to Dota Underlords and, you know, come back and only start, you know, focusing more and more attention on Battlegrounds. But yeah, like what what is your what are your feelings towards standard and how does that affect your thoughts on Battlegrounds? Uh well, I feel like overall the meta is more balanced than some of the other metas we've had. And one issue that's kind of come up a lot, you know, over the years is generally when a meta is more balanced, it's usually less fun. It's usually less fun for people, and I think one thing is you know, people kind of like having those, those swing decks, like, okay, you know, this is so good against these decks. And when you don't necessarily have that, uh, it's, or like you said, if there's like, you know, oh, it's good against these two decks, but it sucks against these two decks. And it's just not generally very fun, but it's more balanced and vice versa. Usually a really unbalanced meta is more fun, but yeah, I think it's i think it pulls in different players between battlegrounds and standard um you know because like you said it's when you don't have to put in effort to having the cards or you know having that knowledge of the meta decks and that kind of thing then it does make things like battlegrounds more appealing and attractive to to people um i think another thing too that's kind of factoring in here is the fact that standard has the tournaments it has competitive it has money involved you know that people can go to these tournaments and win money whereas battlegrounds doesn't you know arena doesn't even wild honestly doesn't so i think that aspect also does attract a lot of people to standard um but i think i will mention a little bit more about that in our next topic yeah, and, and I'm definitely not saying here that I think that Battlegrounds wouldn't be fun if Standard was fun. I don't, and I'm not saying that Standard isn't better than the Evolve Mutate meta, because it definitely is. Um, I, I am saying that I think that they're, as long as they're chasing balance in Standard, that's energy and time that can't go into some of the other game modes. And again, we're talking about narrowing the scope down more and more. I would really like to see them just focus and say like, okay, similar to what Apple did when Steve Jobs came back, we're getting rid of all of the ancillary stuff that isn't important. We're focusing on like two or three things. Uh, I would like to see that be, you know, maybe... I don't know, tavern brawls only happen once every two weeks instead of every week because they tend to crash things from time to time. Uh, maybe we don't do constant patch changes. Maybe we don't do, uh, 
mid-cycle patch releases. And and again, these are all things that I know they feel like they have to do to keep people interested in the game. But I think that there are so many other things that are being neglected in the process. Well, I mean, but, it is different teams that work on each of the different... Like, they have an arena team, and they have, you know, a Battlegrounds team, and they have... You know, so it's not that they're splitting up their resources. I mean, in a sense they are, but there's different teams that work on, on the different things. So, I, th- I think what we, we really need to have is someone from Blizzard come onto the show and explain to us some of these things because I'm, I, I definitely understand the different teams thing, but I also wonder like, okay, cool, you have different teams, but what if someone from the arena team has a great idea for Battlegrounds? Like, is that okay? Is that allowed? Like, can they go in and and work with someone from that area? And uh, not knowing anything about how Activision Blizzard works, I can't think that they do because I know how corporations work. And as a developer myself, I know that there are plenty of times where I have an idea for something that I'm not allowed to touch. And no matter how much I want to impact a certain area or come to it with a great idea, that idea will never be heard because I have to stay in my lane and I have to make sure that my stuff is good. And we don't have time to, to implement this new idea or implement a tournament mode that actually works. Um, there's a lot of things that get dropped when you start saying, okay, now we have to segment the team into different opportunities or different departments or areas, and we don't give them the ability to cross deck. I mean, if we look at the success that is Battlegrounds, they knew it was successful because people outside of the development team love to play test the game. It was like, you know, you heard these, these stories of people walking around Blizzard campuses playing this game and them knowing that they were onto something. I think that there needs to be more of that, but I don't think that it, there can be because their focus is so scattered. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's so hard to tell from an outside perspective without really getting an actual answer on what what exactly they do. Absolutely. So if you work at Blizzard... And specifically, if you work on the Hearthstone team and you want to come onto the show and put me in my place, you are more than welcome to. Uh, standing invitation, uh, just email us at podcast at bobstavern.pub. So you kind of mentioned this a little bit, but uh, last question before we jump into our Tales from the Tavern. What would you like to see in 2020 specifically for Battlegrounds? Tournaments. Oh man, I, I I don't how how without I mean the the way that they did the the challenge was cool, but without that being available to the public, how are we supposed to do that? How do you practice? You know, how do you do closed practices? I I think for me the big thing is similar to that, which is closed tavern pools like closed tavern lobbies yeah i mean you would have to make it where you can actually create your own lobby and get people in you know i'm pretty sure all of the other games in the genre have that right i mean you've played a lot more than i do than i have but yeah i'm pretty sure they all have you can actually create your own lobby 
you can invite specific people or just have like a lobby that you create and then people can join it. Um, I, I think even if it's not for tournaments, but just doing something like that, where even just, you know, as a streamer, I can be like, Hey, you know, we're having a, you know, a, Bob's Tavern, you know, let's, let's do this. And, you know, or whatever we can do it as a podcast and community, everybody can jump in and, you know, we all play against each other, you know, something like that. I think that would be a next step. Definitely. I, I think that as long as, and, and I, I understand what they're trying to do, but I also look at what they've done in other games, what they've done with Heroes of the Storm, what they've done with Overwatch, where, you can create a private lobby and you can say like overwatch they complained and complained and complained about having like uh selective queues and just saying i want to queue with these type you know with these types of players with these archetypes that at this skill level and they complained about it for so long like no it's a bad idea no it's a bad idea no it's a bad idea kaplan came out and said like yeah once we implemented this like uh, there was a lot less griefing. There was a lot less, you know, like it, it actually was a pretty good idea. Like I know we said this isn't what you want, but it kind of worked. So like Blizzard, please just trust us. You've done it in all of your other games. You've restricted Overwatch to the point where like you have to play certain archetypes now. Like you can't, you can only have forced cues of like weird game, like, two dps two tanks two heals like that's so antithetical to the idea of what you're doing in all of your other games but it's working and it's extending the life of that game and i mean they're throwing a ton of money into that esport as well if you're willing to do all of that why can't you look at the success that that's brought overwatch and say hey let's do something similar with battlegrounds or let's do something similar with hearthstone as a whole i mean people are clamoring over tournament mode like i, I get it maybe you don't want to do a tournament mode because you think it'll bring some illegal hearthstone gambling ring or something i don't know but at the same time i really feel like just dedicated lobbies all i want is a lot all i want to be able to do is say like i make a lobby you can password protect it and once the lobby is set, you can say, okay, let's start. And then my next idea is kind of great, but I'm going to let you, let you jump in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think that lobbies is kind of the next natural progression. Um, they've talked about how they like Hearthstone being a social game. You know, that was the whole reason that fireside gatherings were created is because they wanted it to be a social activity and it's like, well, battlegrounds can't be social if you can't really play with anybody, you know? It's so I, I think that creating lobbies, you know, for the purpose of fireside gatherings, for the purpose of stream events, for the purpose of you know, even community run tournaments, even if they don't do any like official blizzard run battlegrounds tournaments, but having the option for, people in the community to do their own tournaments or just yeah play on stream play at a fireside gathering whatever it may be that that could be huge so you mentioned tournaments anything else on your on your 2020 wish list for uh battlegrounds um i think overall just continue 
continue making changes, continue changing things in and out, and, you know, maybe some new heroes. That would be cool. So what if, and, and this is this is like my pie-in-the-sky idea here, what if there were seasons of Battlegrounds, and in these seasons you had, similar to what you have with, with the Hearthstone seasons, um, we've already seen something like this where we have the the uh, Savior or the League of Explorers joining uh, Battlegrounds as heroes, but more themed content. But on top of that, what about some type of calamities where, I don't know, for like a month there are no Battlecry minions in the game? Or even if it was like for a week, there are no Death Rattle minions. Like, oh, that would be so much fun. Like, shake it up a little bit. Like, I just want to see what it would what it would look like. Even if it was like a thing where you could turn it off. Or, again, we're talking about custom lobbies. Like, make it so that I can say, okay, in my lobby, there's going to be no Goldrins. Or no Mama Bears. Or no, you know, I don't know. Like, no Murlocs at all. <laughs> like, this is a no Murloc lobby. Like... That would be so much fun because it would it would make you feel like you have a little bit more control over a game that's truly random. And I understand that that may take some of the fun out of it. And I'm not saying that it has to be like that all the time. But I think giving the option like if I'm if I'm practicing and I know that like I have a hard time playing against Murlocs, what would I do to fix that? Well, I want to make it so that like make the Murloc pool three times as large. That way my opponents will more than likely have Murlocs and then I can practice to my heart's content and get wrecked. Or, you know, I, I think that being able to say, we're going to flip a switch in this particular game and make things just chaotic for like 15 rounds, 15 minutes of pure chaos. I'm I'm so on board for that. Okay, so here's here's my take on that. All of your ideas up until the last bit were great. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, love your last idea. It's it's like a sandbox mode, right? That's kind of what pe- a lot of people refer to that that style is. But exactly. that is something that has been talked about in the community since Hearthstone initially came out, and it has never happened. And honestly, I just, I don't realistically ever see a sandbox type mode uh, like that ever coming out. Um, because, I mean, part of it is, is that it basically just negates all of their balancing and all of the stuff that, that they do. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's something that's been asked for for a long time, you know, in Standard. I mean, you know, I was doing the Dragon Cups for a while um, and... Hey, shout out to Mike Lowe. Also, he is yeah. just starting up some, I think, monthly like community tournaments where every month is going to be a different theme and different you know, deck building challenge uh, that was inspired by my Dragon Cups. And yeah, there's there's nothing in game to say, okay, you know, you can only build a deck with rares and, you know, rares and neutrals or something or only legendaries or no legendaries. Um, some other games do have that or have put out modes like that, but it's never been a thing in Hearthstone. And I just, I honestly don't ever see it happening, even though it would be pretty cool. 
So what I'm hearing is, Jay, you've been playing way too much Minecraft. You need to, to get your head out of the sandbox and bring it back to reality. Yes. But the the seasons and different themes and all of that, I think, is definitely realistic. And I think those would be really cool. Especially if there were some sweet, like, seasonal rewards. Hint, hint. Rewards. <laughs> so I'm taking that's on your list as well. <laughs> some type of reward system. I mean, that kind of stuff is always on, on my list. I mean, even for standard, I would love to see more achievement type things and rewards from achievements. So, yeah, of course, that's going to also relate over to Battlegrounds. So true. So that said, what about vanity? Like, custom? we talked about this a little bit. Custom emotes, um, different player skins, um, different backgrounds, maybe. These are all things that uh, some of the other uh, auto chess players have implemented in their systems where just because you're playing the game one way, someone else might be playing it and it looks completely different. And that's okay. That's something to work on. And I think that this is a great way to also monetize the game, which I know that's a dirty word for many players, especially the free-to-play ones, but you make it so that you're allowed to spend the money without it actually affecting how the game is played. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cosmetic-type things are generally the easiest and uh, friendly, I suppose. I'm not sure if that's the right word that I'm looking for, but... Yeah, I mean, because the the vanity, like you said, the, the cosmetic type things don't have to be bought by people who don't want to spend money or who are free to play, you know, especially in a mode like Battlegrounds where, you know, it doesn't really add much or change anything, you know, so yeah, I, I think that's probably the easiest and best route to go if they want to add more monetized stuff. So, Dragon, did you have any other uh, things on your wish list? Um, I don't think so. I think that's about it. Well, I only had one more thing, and it's a quick one. I want to see more Hearthstone Battlegrounds podcasts out there. I think that that's a thing that we we can say that we're truly the longest running uh, Hearthstone Battlegrounds podcast. And there may be imitators out there. Uh, we won't mention any names. Shout out to Totemly Drunk in the Tavern Tales. But I also have heard about some other podcasts out there that are doing uh, Battleground segments and doing like sub spinoffs. But I want more and more people in the community to not just enjoy playing the game but to share their love for the game with other people out there so that's that's just kind of my thing it's it's a i love podcasts i listen to way too many of them but i think that i wouldn't be where i am as a hearthstone player if it weren't for all the streamers that i watch um there's one uh dragon rider dk i don't know if you know about her really good uh made legend a few times i think she's golden rogue now or something like that but i mean nowhere near as many games played with rogue as i have but uh again i digress um i wouldn't be where i am now 
in even in loving Hearthstone as much as I do and enjoying playing the game as much as I am, if it weren't for all the content that is created around it. And I really think that there's way more room at the table for Hearthstone Battlegrounds content. So uh, just kind of a, a warm invitation to, I guess, the OG from the OGs uh, to anyone that's thinking about creating content around Battlegrounds, whether it's, you know, just sharing it or live streaming or, or whatever. Uh, let's get out there. Let's make the community even bigger and and talking about it, because I think that that's really what Blizzard looks at is okay, how many people are talking about this game? How many people are really enjoying? How many people are logging in and playing it? And again, when people watch streamers and people donate to these ancillary things around the game, that shows Blizzard that, okay, there's attention being paid to this. There's money being given to this. Let's really focus on this because it matters to our community and to our players. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a few more minutes before we wrap this up. So I just wanted to try something a little different for our Tales from the Tavern. And I have to find it here. Dragon doesn't know about this. This is the best part. I don't. I'm so, so ready. <laughs> so I wanted to look at a game that I played today. This was done at 1 o'clock today, January 2nd. 2020, where I played the curator. Um, now, people remember me talking about how the curator wasn't as strong as we thought it would be now that it's really the only hero that focuses on menagerie. So I, I knew that it wasn't as strong as I initially thought, but I really wanted to see if there was a, a chance for it. So my game plan was to go all in on buffing that amalgam. I knew that was the one thing. You know, Nightmare Amalgam is a 3-4. Your regular amalgam is a 1-1. One, one. Like, that's a lot of buffs that need to happen just to get it on par and to help it keep up. So early game. My early game strategy was to tokenize, and I was able to do that with Murlocs. Um, I think that also gave people the effect that they were able to think that I was going Murlocs when I wasn't. Um, so I noticed that you started seeing a lot of like low damage, like high defense uh, tools being implemented. And I was really able to take care of those really quickly. Um, I can't remember which turn it is, but I know like once you have, you know, your seven coin, um, like go up to level three at seven, uh, seven gold, uh, I was able to do that because my board was full of tokens, which was just great. Uh, I had probably only taken, I think I'd only lost like two rounds at that time. I stayed at three stars for a while and I used the demon buffs to buff the amalgam. So like the same problem that we've had with demons, I used to my advantage. And this was something that I believe Bodicus uh, had mentioned to some of the other players. They talk about uh, grabbing tools to kind of prevent other players from getting them but by doing that you're also preventing yourself from redrawing them so i would basically like grab a buff use the buff sell the buff and then grab the next one and keep going so from there i'm like right in the middle middle tier 
doing okay. Um, and then a few things happened. One, I got my microbots. I added that to my amalgam. Added that with Cobalt Guardian. I now have two threats and the ability to regenerate the other one. Great. So after that, I was able to uh, do something that I had not been able to do ever. I was able to start eliminating people without golden minions. And I remember our first tale from the tavern. People were saying that, um, or I guess our first guest said that it was nothing but fool's gold. I think they're right. Like, I didn't have any golden minions and I was still able to win. And I realized by not focusing on golden minions in my menagerie build, I was able to get buffs that I normally wouldn't have been able to buy or that I normally would have skipped. And at the end, it was just me versus Yogg. And I just destroyed them like it, it wasn't like it wasn't even a chance my amalgam was like 50 uh, it was what 5760 <laughs> at the end I absolutely knew that I was going to win and I did so that is my tale from the tavern and the question that I had from you dragon is hearing that there are a few things one what are your thoughts on the early level three because I know that's something that a lot of people used to do that they now no longer do. And then the other thing is to gold or not to gold? That is the question. To gold or not to gold? <laughs> this is a great question. Um, let's see. So looking back at the first question about uh, leveling to Tavern 3. Yeah, I've kind of heard some mixed things. Uh, but one thing that I've been hearing more recently is not to level up to three until you have a full board. And yeah, definitely tokens can get you there faster. Um, but I think the I think the theory behind that really is just that if you're trying to level up too quickly, you're gonna fall behind on the board because you're not gonna have as many as many minions on the board. So it's more so just a strategy of trying to actually make sure that you set up a board before you start trying to like tavern up out of control. Um, so I think I generally do agree with that. I think you probably want to start building up your board a bit. And then, you know, once you kind of have a little bit of a solid board, you have enough units, then you can level up to three. Um, and in terms of yeah, building goldens, I think, Probably once you get to more of the mid game, yeah, you like making a golden is fine. I mean, unless you are given a golden, basically like right at the beginning, that's probably fine. But yeah, I, I kind of think you probably want to wait until the mid game to start really trying to to make goldens. Um, otherwise, you're going to be spending that gold on just buying a second thing that maybe you don't really want, or you end up wanting to hold it to make a golden it doesn't work out very well so yeah i think just kind of trying to make a solid board in the early game making sure that you have those units then tearing up to three and then once you kind of get into the three and four um, because also making those goldens it you know is more valuable for your discover because if you make a golden too early i mean discovering something from tavern two 
or Tavern 3 even, it generally doesn't matter. Very true. And and one of the things that I, I also saw on um, the Hearthstone Reddit was the idea of could you, like, in the next, I guess, changes that they made, make it so that Soul Juggler, instead of doing the six damage to one minion basically have the same effect as if you didn't gold it and do three damage to two minions. And I I really thought about that. And I I think that now more and more a golden minion, unless the buff or unless the, the bonus effect from that minion is really just absolutely worth it. Like a golden mama bear, I'm never going to turn down but at the same time, like, I'm not really going to fight for it. I'm not going to be, like, refreshing my pool every time just to get a golden mama bear. Like, that's not going to happen. I think that there are so many other cards. Now, I mean, like, Scavenging Hyena, in my opinion, isn't good unless it's golden. Because gaining 2-2 two, two doesn't really do much. Gaining 4-4 four, four does a lot. Um, but I, I think that not being greedy just playing to what you have and not trying to play too much for what you want in the future. It really can help uh, win those games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So thinking about what you just mentioned with the, like the soul juggler, um, I can't remember. Why can't I know? Of course, when I'm trying to think of it, I can't remember the card name. Uh, the mech that when it dies, it deals damage to a random enemy. Kaboombot? Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird actually thinking about it now because Kaboombot does that where it does the four, but then when it's golden, it does four to two different things. But Soul Juggler works differently. So I feel like that's kind of an inconsistency i think they should probably work similarly to each other yeah and and i think that that's something that probably just got you know it got overlooked and at the time they're like eh, i mean okay whatever <laughs> like you know i don't think it's the end of the world i i actually haven't seen soul jugglers pop off as much as they did i think when people were really pushing demons um, I think because demons have such a high defense stat and they do a lot of damage, like if you can get your, um, uh, what's the name of it now? Like soul, not, is it soul warden like up or I guess the one that every time you deal damage to yourself, you gain two, two, like you want that to be 30, 30. You want that to be something that isn't going to die a lot. Um, and the, there's only like the one card that tokens demons and it's, I mean, in my opinion, it's not that great. You re- usually only get one or two demons off of it. And that only works when you have a soul juggler to deal that extra damage. I think that soul juggler isn't as strong as we initially made it. And like demons are inherently a problem to themselves. There's no large in-game reward for demons other than... I have a few demons that are like 50 fifties. And then I have this one other demon that's three, 200. So like that is the win con for demons, <laughs> like three 50, 50 minions and one, three, 200 minion. And then maybe you can win. Um, but I think the more and more people are playing 
to, I guess, compete with that. Again, my amalgam, like 50, or 60, 57, or 57, 60, something like that. Yeah, I'm not worried about demons at that point. It's like it it had Taunt and Divine Shield on it. Who cares? Like, I'm going to kill two of them uh, with that amalgam. And then on top of that, I'm going to buff my Cobalt, um, my Cobalt Guardian. And then it's going to have Divine Shield on it twice. So demons, not necessarily a problem for me at that point. Yeah, I don't have much else to add to that. So I, th- I think it's time for last call, right? Yeah, I think so. Let's uh, let's do last call. Last call, last call, last call, last call. By the way, that's your voice. Just so you know, <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun making oh my that. God. One. <laughs> but oh, that's great. Thanks to everyone that is in the live stream and thank you to our patrons. If you want to become one of them, you can go over to patreon.bobstavern.pub. If you want to follow the live stream on Twitch, you can do so. And while you're there, be sure to also follow us on Twitter. You can follow both at Bob's Tavern HS. And of course, if you want to check out our back catalog, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and tell a friend or a foe or I don't know, beat somebody in Hearthstone on ladder, then friend them and then tell them, Hey, go check out Bob's Tavern and then unfriend them again, instead of being a jerk about it. I don't know. Just do something different to, to bring more and more people to listen to the show. Um, any shout outs for you, dragon? Um, you know, I think we've had quite a few shout outs throughout the show. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I think overall, how's this a, it's a blanket shout out, but just shout out to the whole community for being awesome. And I am excited for all of the different community things that are going to start popping up in 2020. Yes. Special shout out to everyone in the aspirant series, uh, whether you're playing, whether you're casting, I was looking at that. It's, it looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to, to catch out some of those matches. And then also shout out to the Monkey Bubble crew and for, you know, one, for bringing this Masters tour to us, us common people and also for working behind the scenes. Bimmy, shout out to you for getting DreamHack going and all the other things that you're doing. You're truly awesome. I can't wait to talk to you sometime. I don't know when that'll be, but I'm super excited for it. Uh, anything else, Dragon? Uh, no. I think that's good. All right. Well, you can follow Dragon on Twitch at DK. You can follow me at KJAY Miller. And uh, until next time, Tavern's closed, everybody. Time to get out. Have a good night. Now, nobody this time. Please leave your weapons outside, Hawkeye. You know the rules. Welcome, Krasiki. Your dark corner is ready for brooding. Eudora, we have to have a little chat about your tab. 
I didn't know you were in town, Chew. Still cracking heads? You are a diamond in the rough, Squish. Always a pleasure. Hi, Jay Miller here from the popular podcast, Bob's Tavern. We're talking about a game that's in beta. A beta is a piece of software that is not quite finished yet. In fact, the entire game of Hearthstone constantly changes. But Battlegrounds, because it's in beta, changes at a faster pace. Nothing that we say is set in stone. Things may change. Our opinions may even change. That said, we hope to provide you an informative and entertaining show. But remember, if you're listening to this in the future, this is a beta. What we said a week ago may not still be the case. But seriously, you should still enjoy the show. <laughs>